This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. Thanks for downloading, subscribing. We always appreciate that. It's on video. Matt and I, we can see each other. You look great, man. I mean, you know, I'm looking at your background there. and Yeah, you got some stuff know, behind me. So you got- you're you're kind of adding each week as we go along here. Love yeah, thank, shout out Vancouver Bills backers. They sent the <laughs> mug. We've got right. the... Uh, I don't oh, know bring that can- mug today, too. I want my, oh, yeah. my mug. I, I don't know if you can see the sign. That's the uh, warning. That's the sign that's at Bethpage yes. Black. The yes, like warning. This is an extremely difficult golf course. Wait, wait you didn't oh. take that off the course, did you? Yeah, I did. Don't tell anybody. Oh. Um, after over one shoulder, that's like a Jim Craig signed picture, Miracle yes. on Ice. So that's yes. kind of cool. The oh, weirdest yeah. thing that I have on here is the, the this is fine dog over the one shoulder. You know, from like the GIF. You ever seen uh-huh. that one where there's uh-huh. the fire everywhere? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of my life. So it, it's fitting that it's on my bookshelf and over my shoulder. I think the weirdest thing I have is literally a bobblehead of me over my right shoulder. That's <laughs> that's, that is, is a great. bobblehead of me over my right shoulder. That's Someone made crazy. that for me years ago. All right. Um, before we get into the NFL and rules and things like that, um, I know we asked for questions and we usually do that last segment. There was one question I think fits right here that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. This is from Joey Hanover. Joey Hanover tweets us. What do you primarily look for at OTAs? You know, we talked about attendance and stuff. Yeah. Routes run, lineman footwork, et cetera. Anything analytical. Great question because everybody's different, I would say, right? You're mm-hmm. Matt, you're watching something different. And I will also tell you, you're looking for stuff from a TV standpoint for video. Yep. I'm looking at something I can talk about and translate to radio, right? I think that we're all kind of different. Also, it's how you consume the game. So I'll speak for myself here and say, look, as a as a former coach of the game, like I love the I love the process part of it. I really do. I love the operational part of it. I love, I love listening to coaches coach. I love watching coaches coach. And if I'm going to tell you what I'm like, I want to, I'm looking for interactions between coaches and players and how, how all that's going down and what I'm specifically, maybe what are they maybe specifically teaching as far as techniques. And then as far as players are concerned, you know, I mean, a guy like today, like I'm looking at how does Tredavious white look coming off the, Mm -hmm. the ACL and all the talk last year, we're a year removed now. Kyrie Elam needs a bit of a bounce back year, right? From he he was he was really coming on last year. I want to see the confidence, the movement, so things like that. But I'm a I'm a I'm an operational process guy when it comes to practice, especially this time of year, Matt. I yeah. look for those things that kind of really from the ground roots level up, if that makes sense. I posted a video from Channel Seven for rookie minicamp of Dalton Kincaid just you know running routes against air and cover one actually. Eric Turner they did a little bit of a breakdown of the video and I thought it was interesting to kind of hear their perspective on the video that I shot and what they were looking for and then ultimately what I'm looking for while I'm all like getting the shot itself right they were basically talking about 
you know, yeah, these are outs for air. There's against air. There's only so much you can take away from it, but look how low to the ground Dalton Kincaid gets when he's making his breaks, which is very Cole Beasley esque. And that's one of the things, the little nuances that kind of come with it, that even though these guys can't go one on one yet, they're not taking live reps. There are still things that you can take away. I think my biggest thing that I'm looking for are two things. One, what are the leaders doing when practice is going on? I want to see who is when Josh Allen is not throwing, what's he doing? Who's he talking to? What are the conversations he's having? Same thing with Stefan Diggs, with Von Miller, with Tredavious White. Like last year, we kind of knew Von Miller was immediately going to make an impact on and off the field by just how present he was even when he wasn't doing a rep, it was like, okay, he was talking to Greg Rousseau. He was showing something at Oliver. He would do a rep again. If he didn't like a rep, he would run down the length of the field to punish himself or do push-ups or something like that. So that's one of the things I'm looking for. The second thing I'm looking for is not what the coaches are saying, where the coaches are spending their time. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that tells a lot about what they're trying to work on. That being said, this year is a bit different because I feel like now Sean is just always going to be hanging out with the defense. Now that he's basically the defensive coordinator, like there are not going to be times when Sean is over with the special teams units as much or over with the wide receivers as much. Like I think Sean is going to be very focused on defense. So now I kind of need to recalibrate myself to say, okay, don't look for Sean as much because he's going to be at the defensive side. Like, That's not going to tell you anything new if he's just hanging out by the defense. So I always kind of look for the coaches and see where they are and who they're talking to because I think that tells a little bit of a story in itself, especially like the bigger coaches. Like the position coaches are going to be with their positions. But what about the coordinators? What about the head coach? Where are they? And there's only – there is no defensive coordinator now. That's what I mean. Right? So so, so let's go back to the last time we were out there. Remember we were supposed to hear from Sean. We didn't. And we didn't see him on the field. And then he came out late and it could have been, he literally could have been sick. I mean, he could have been at like a, you know, something, a school function. We don't know exactly the details, but I thought it was interesting because it got me thinking, is this the time period where Sean McDermott is going to give ownership more to the other coaches, Matt, while he kind of says, Hey, during like the season, I got to concentrate more on defense. I got to let you guys kind of do this a little bit more. And I wonder if we see a little bit more of that in the OTAs. Maybe. And I think the best coaches know what they need to defer to their position coaches and to their coordinators. And I think Sean has done a fairly good job of that during his time with the bills. You know, we've had the conversation, like how much was the hand in the cookie jar with the offense? How much of it was actually his offense that he wanted to see how much of it was what Brian Dable wanted. And then eventually what Ken Dorsey wanted. So I I think your point is valid. I don't know if this is necessarily the time to do it, though. I think this is the time to kind of set the standard of what you're looking for and then see how they progress. Because I don't think you want to like let bad habits set in at this point as we're getting ready for things to ramp up. I, I think he needs to be as present as possible and then eventually kind of see how things are going. And then that's when you can take a step back and let everybody else kind of take their step, you know, take their steps and go to the next level. Either way, it's a uh, it's a change, so it'll be interesting to watch how all that change takes shape here at OTAs. Again, Bill's on the field OTAs. Uh, they have three weeks of OTAs and then one final week of mandatory minicamp before they break, before training camp begins. And when training camp begins, because the Bills play on Monday Night Football this year, you back up 46 days from there. We're looking at, what, J- July 26, 27, somewhere in there. But as the season goes on, lots of fluctuation in the schedule. We know that. And now there could be even more because the league 
had a couple different rule changes on Monday at the owners meetings going on near Minnesota, I believe is where these owners meetings are and um, near Minneapolis, I should say in Minnesota. Um, one of the big rules, we'll talk about the QB one in a second. They, they changed that, but how about the flex scheduling? We talk with Mike North. We know a lot of the stuff that kind of goes into the schedule and the flexing of Monday night football and the primetime games. Well, now we can add another layer because the league officially Matt said, yep, we're going to allow flex scheduling Sunday to Thursday. It's really interesting though, because uh -huh. I think you have to kind of make sure everybody knows how this is going to work. It's only weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, five mm -hmm. weeks that they could take a game from Sunday afternoon and move it to Thursday night. And then they would just flip flop the game and put Thursday to Sunday afternoon. And it also has to be done 28 days in advance to give everybody time Ample, to ample time. logistically change, which still, boy, I feel bad. I don't care if it, 28 days still just stinks. If you have a ticket and you're planning on going somewhere and hotels yeah. and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't matter. Um, and you can, they can only do two flexes in that five week period. And one team can only be flexed one time. Yeah. Moral of the story. It's not going to happen to the bills this year. It's right. really not. I, I just looking at the games that are already in the slates, looking at the games that the bills play. I just don't think it ultimately ends up happening. I think this is the NFL's way of if you have two teams that just stink, avoiding putting them in a primetime window and hiding that game on a Sunday at one o'clock. Even though Thursdays have not had the greatest slates over the year, I don't think they want that to continue, especially with a new partner who just spent an, a ton of money with them last yeah. year and who is now taking on more things. Remember, Amazon is not just the Thursday night games. They're also now doing the Black Friday game, and they got that Jets and Dolphins game, and they're going to continue to evolve. Will Amazon have a Super Bowl? Do we know the answer to that? Ooh, I don't think they will. That's a good question. Maybe down the road. I don't know if it's in this particular I, yeah, package. Yeah, ESPN say, has one in this package, though. Yes. Yeah, I should. Amazon does not have a Super Bowl yet. Eventually, though, look at what's happening with the league, with Amazon, with Peacock for the Bills and Chargers game. Like, they are starting to dip their toes in the streaming waters. So I think that we're going to see more things like this to try and cater to those partners. And yeah, I think it's interesting. I think from a fan, from a fan standpoint, if you're planning on going, it kind of stinks because you know, you might have plans, especially if it's a road game to try and go somewhere. But I think from a competitive balance standpoint and really from the scope of the entire league, it, it makes sense. You know, if you have two teams that have yeah. a combined four wins, why put them at night? If you've got another game that might actually mean something. Right. And it's 28 days is, in my opinion, enough notice, at least for the teams to kind of recalibrate themselves and know that, OK, we're going to have that game coming up. I just feel bad for any fans. I know Bill's Mafia specifically travels really well, but I think about fan bases. Somebody makes a plans to see somebody around Christmas time. Hey, we're going over there a week before Christmas and going to see you going to spend a weekend there. And then bam, the game's on Thursday night. And you're like, wait a minute, we just spent for a hotel and plane ride. So I do, I, I feel for that, but I agree with you. This, this is not something that it's not going to be this huge overhaul. It might happen once. It might happen twice. That's all it can happen. It's not something happening all the time. And as far as the bills are concerned, you're right. Very, very minimal chance it happens. In fact, Matt, I'll say this. The only chance it actually happens to the Bills is week 17. Here's is why. That is that the Patriots game? Yeah, because week 13, they have a bye. So obviously they're not playing anyway. Mm -hmm. Week 14, they're at Kansas City at the 425 game on CBS. Remember what Mike North said? Each CBS and Fox get one protection of a flex every weekend. Mm -hmm. They're going to protect that game. That's their national window game at 425. <laughs> yeah, so the, Bills Chiefs ain't going to Thursday night. <laughs> you know what else isn't? The following week. 
Fox 425. Bills, Cowboys. Cowboys. Bills. Yeah. That's not going anywhere. And then week 16 is ineligible to be flexed for the Bills because it's a Saturday night on Peacock against the Chargers. So mm-hmm. since it's not a Sunday afternoon game, the only chance the Bills could even have here is New Year's is, Eve. New Year's Eve. Is, yeah, that's right. It would be um, the, the New Year's Eve game would be moved to Thursday. But even then, 28 days, what do the Patriots look like that? And aren't there other games that could, you know, look a little bit better there? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't see it happening for the Bills. But from a league standpoint, I feel for the fans – but the league we knew was going to do this eventually. I think if it was going to happen, though, to the Bills, that would be the best case scenario because you would be coming off of a Saturday game and not a Sunday game because they're playing on the 23rd. And I also think you would want the extra rest going into the last game of the year, if it matters, and the playoffs, if you're going to be going to the playoffs. So I think that you would probably feel comfortable enough, unless New England surprises all of us or the Bills surprise all of us for the wrong reasons, you would probably be comfortable going up against the Patriots on a couple days short rest. If that meant you got a little bit more time to prepare for the Dolphins and to prepare for the playoffs, keep in mind, it was not a walk in the park by any stretch. And they needed a couple like legitimately out of a movie plays from Naheem Hines, but the bills did beat the Patriots last year, basically without practicing at the end of the season. They really didn't practice the week after the DeMar Hamlet stuff. And they didn't play that well, but they still beat them. You're right. That's what I mean. They, They still beat them. So, you know, Uh, We're getting ahead of ourselves here. I don't think there's any scenario where it ultimately plays out for the Bills like that unless the Patriots are fighting for a playoff spot. Because if they are, then that game could be moved. All right. Well, listen, it's time for everybody to get their notepad and their pen because I have to explain the new third QB rule to everybody. It's kind of – it doesn't make a ton of sense. Okay. Well, I'm going to explain it to everybody make it a lot more sense. All right. So this is a – grab your your notepad. Grab your pen. Here we go. Going to explain it to everybody right now. 